BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn. I am the mysterious Justin. And I'm the infamous Jay. And I'm the squirrely Emily. Ooh. Squirrely. And together we are Cryptids of the Corn. <laughs> we are a podcast that dives into everything cryptid, paranormal, uh, supernatural, anything of that nature. Uh, we kind of try to focus in the Midwest and Appalachia, but we definitely venture outside of those bounds. From time to time to all the time. But this is one that's right on the border of the Midwest and Appalachia. Ooh. Snapdog. Back to our roots. Yeah. Yep, yep. I picked one. Yeah, Today we're going to cover the, the Flatwoods Monster, a fan favorite. A fan favorite. And I never heard of it until uh, I started doing this stuff. Actually, you know, the first time I heard of the Flatwoods Monster was? What? When Robert gave us these coasters. Oh, yeah. That was the first my introduction to Flatwoods Monster. That's what I was looking for, actually. Here it is. You got uh, it. Oh, it's over here. Yep. Yes. So, so the Flatwoods Monster has definitely gained um, popularity in the cryptid field. As you know, it's a very old cryptid. It was only, it's kind of a one-off thing. Okay. And which we'll get into the story and everything. Um, but I've, I'm trying to uh, give you, I'll give you a basic description. Okay. Very large, like 10 foot tall. The arms, and we'll get into this here in a bit, but depending on who's seen it, because it was seen by three groups of people, three different groups of people. Okay. Um, super large eyes, so it has a round head, a giant spade-like hood behind its head. Okay. And um, basically, we're, we'll get in, some people report it more reptilian, some people report it more robotic. Like, okay. And uh, we'll get into that, but... Uh, I'll post a picture on Facebook so everybody can look. But that's uh, the basic description. It seemed to be wearing... Everything was made out of metal. So even though it kind of looks like it has a long dress, that is a metal thing. Like a metal skirt. Yes. Like So some people go, which we'll talk about, uh, that it's a suit rather than a body. Okay. Or it may be fully just robotic. 
Hmm. An automaton. Yes. A sentient automaton? We'll get into that. Hmm. Because um, it didn't seem... Some of it doesn't seem very sentient. Okay. It just seems angry. Oh. So we're going to get into the first part of the story. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to go right into it. And if you guys are ready... Oh, I'm... Always. I'm buckled up, ready to go. Uh, Start the car. Okay. It was almost fully dark on the evening of September 12th, 1952. Edward Bay, Freddie May, uh, Neil Nunley, and Tommy Hay, or Hayer, Tommy Hayer. <laughs> they all rhyme. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. It was getting weird. Freddie, Freddie May, Eddie Bay, Thomas Hay. Yeah, Tommy Hayer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all young residents of the town of Flatwoods. Uh, they were playing on the lawn in front of the Flatwoods Elementary School. Um, like once again, this is starting to get dusk. It's just the area the kids kind of had to play. There wasn't a lot of area. And this is Flatwoods, PA, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, West Virginia. Okay. Yes, West Virginia. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the area the kids would have to play. There wasn't a lot in the area for them to go and do and stuff. So they would play in the, the front of the schoolyard. Kind of like kitten. Yeah, I mean, we used to go out to the school and play it, and eat, play after hours and in the summer. A long time ago when it was the old playground. Ground would oh, take us out there. Yep, yep, the old school. Yeah. Um, but as the kids are playing, suddenly a bright light streaks across the sky overhead and appears to crash into the hillside uh, on Bailey's farm. Uh, ba- uh, sorry, G. Bailey Fisher's farm. The boys ran to see what. Uh, sorry. The boys ran to see what, what it was and saw what they had saw in the sky. Jeez, I'm having trouble reading today. Um. The May's home was on their way, so they stopped and and they they told the May's mom, uh, Kathleen May, uh, what they had seen. Kathleen called the National Guardsman, and uh, she grabbed the family dog Richie, and they she and the dog accompanied the boys up the hillside to see. So she was kind of taking it not very seriously, but seriously, she believed they seen something. Yeah, um, but didn't think like it was anything what they're about to see anything serious yep so upon reaching the crash site the group saw a pulsing red light uh at this point they'd been uh joined by national guardsman eugene lemon so she like i said she called the national guard okay so they had a guy in the area so it wasn't like he came from a camp he lived there okay so small town once again for us listeners of ohio it's you know your classic tiny town where we're from. Yes. Uh, so upon reaching the crashing light, the group saw the pulsing red light. Uh, Lemon shined his flashlight up the hill. The group witnessed a terrifying sight. A 10-foot tall creature with a head that was shaped like a spade and what appeared to be a dark metal dress. The creature's hands were twisted and clawed and what they seemed to be red glowing eyes and an eerie uh, orange color glow behind it. It appeared to be levitating off the ground a strange, sickening mist hung in the air. The creature hissed and glided quickly toward our, towards our witnesses. The group then turned and fled in terror. Oh, heck yeah. So this thing was immediately seemed to be aggressive. Like approaching them. Yes. Uh, Screw that. You know, <laughs> very large. This thing is big. Ten foot, yeah. yeah that... And wide and seems very mechanical from this account so it's it's ten it looks like maybe kind of humanoid ish like but st- as far say, as standing upright yeah and... but once again not touching the ground oh okay it's hovering it's hovering it okay. never touches the ground on any of the sightings we're going to go into okay um but yeah 
So some members of the group uh, suffered from throat irritation, vomiting, nausea, which persisted for days. These symptoms were uh, passed off as side effects from hysteria. But it's worth noting that the uh, telltale signs of exposure to mustard gas. Oh, okay. Hang on to that. Okay. Got it right here. Uh, May and Lemon reported the incident to the local authorities who searched the area at night and claimed to find nothing. But I had seen, uh, it depends on which documentary you watch or whatever, that they had actually found a thick, mysterious black goo they thought was motor oil but reeked. Mm. Maybe like a resin of something burning or... I think intergalactic motor oil. Could be, yeah, yeah. Or maybe something more local. It could be. You never know. Slime molds. People don't give enough credit. I've been saying that for years. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So that's our first encounter. Okay. So what do you think about that? So these group of kids, the mom and the National Guardsmen, go up a hill uh, and just encounter this terrifying thing. And note, there was a light. The light is coming from behind this thing. Yeah, not So they never seen what was behind it. Well, could that have been its crashed, you know, whatever crashed, I guess? Could it have been? A vessel? Maybe. Maybe. What are you saying? Well, it sounds like to me like almost a typical UFO story when people see something. uh, When you hear an account of one, people coming across a crash, I guess, where you get that pulsing red light Mm -hmm. of it's like a ship down or something. It just seems like I've heard that story before. So it kind of sounds like a UFO crash to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that. Okay. But yes, immediately aggressive. This thing kind of seems not a creature. It seems mechanical. Mm-hmm. And that'll get into one of the theories of what happened later. It's a scout. Uh, and then once again, the mustard gas like symptoms the kids experienced. Uh, it, the fog was real. It made them very sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the kids didn't go to the hospital. And from the time the kids left to the time they got up the hill, it was a good bit of time. Okay. So I, uh, it it kind of didn't happen very fast. When they it, came back with the National Guard and the woman. Yeah. Mom, I guess. Yep. Which, and I w- you said something about it being symptoms of mustard gas, but you also said something about it being uh, like fear or stress induced. Hysteria. Hysteria, that's what it was. Which is kind of a, uh, how do I want to say that? A lot of people for a lot of different things just put things under the hysteria umbrella. Okay. That I don't think go under the hysteria umbrella. Okay. Hysteria is not very as common as what some people against this field make it seem to be. Okay. So I think it was just kind of a catch-all. Kind of like... The kids are... Everybody's crazy. Like fibromyalgia? They, they, had, they had hysteria. Oh, okay. It's just because they just assumed it was just a group panic. And we'll get into what the uh, the local authorities claim the boys seen later. Oh, boy. So don't don't let me forget. Oh, snap. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they have to say. All right. So the same creature was supposedly seen earlier at okay. the same night. So once again, you know, it is uh, September 12th, 1952, but earlier. So after this, this light streaked across the sky, but still before the kids got up there. Mm-hmm. So okay. another sighting of a creature of similar description to the Flatwoods monster was reported by uh, Mrs. Harper not long before the infamous sighting on the Fisher's farm. Harper claims to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near her home near the town of Heaters. Heaters is about five miles north of Flatwoods. Okay. Uh, Harper and her friend were walking to a nearby store. 
The road leading out to their property was uh, in, implaceable and rutted, so they had to walk through the shortcut to get to uh, the forest instead of walking the road, which would just make their trip increasingly more difficult. Basically, the road was junk. Okay. It was that bad that they were choosing to walk through the woods. Woods as a shortcut. And this is a different part of America to think about, you know. This is 1950s. West Virginia. Yeah. So, you know, people were walking to the grocery store a lot. So about half a mile into their trip, they noticed a ball of fire uh, on one of the hills they were passing. Harper dismissed it, assuming it was uh, one of the neighbors was fox chasing. When she glanced back, she saw something unbelievable. The fire had vanished, and it uh, and in its place stood a tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. Mm. Terrified Harper and her uh, the the terrified Harper and her friend ran away, escaping among the rocks and borders strewed along the hillside. Hmm. This almost sounds like something manifesting itself there, if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like a ball of energy, of fire energy. I don't know. Ball of fire, just and then a person hold on to it. All right, hanging uh, by a thread. But what do you think about that? Yeah, you said it feels like manifesting, fox chasing. That's our version of coon hunting. Okay, just so everybody, uh, just they're using some kind of light at night. To oh, hunt. gotcha. Huh. But I don't sound like. Uh, I think you would know what that was. Well, yeah. So they weren't using. They didn't have lights like we do. They had torches and like actual wooden torches for fire uh, okay. to go hunting. Okay. So and a fire on the hillside at night was not an uncommon thing for these people to witness. Okay. Uh, so that's that's just one thing that I. It was kind of weird until I looked into it, and it's like okay, it was a very commonplace thing. More it, normal. You would look up on a hillside and not be very well, isn't that distracted. What, isn't that what like Native Americans used to do? I'm not sure about that. They used to sit in the hills with fires. I'm sure they did. Send smoke they, signals. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's real. Smoke signals? They yeah. Use, I'm See, I feel like it's sure. something that cartoons do. To, no, I'm pretty please. sure that was how they communicated back before. Long I'm just saying I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure. You heard it here. They did it. Okay, I don't know. It's like right. an Indian mound. You ready for the next day? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So the next day, uh, the day after September 12th, which would be the 13th, uh, Another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek. Hmm. It seems fishy, mm-hmm. but go on. About 20 miles south of Flatwoods. Uh, reportedly, George and Edith knit with scales. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Emily's trying to read the name right now. It's, I say Snowowski. Snowowski. Okay, that was that works. Let's go uh, George and Edith. Edith. Yeah, we'll just go George and Edith. And their 18-month-old son. Uh, we're driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County, which Braxton County has all kinds of one-off cryptids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's strange. Like the Grafton Monster, the Braxton County Monster. There's all kinds of weird things. To look in that county. It's been mm-hmm. two hours. From me. Mothman. Mm, okay. Uh, so Clay, once again, the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4, uh, when their car suddenly just died. They know what happened. The car cut out. Bad scratch. Uh, <laughs> yes. George attempted to restart the car to no avail. Uh, it was it was during the evening, so it was dark out, and the road was uh, deserted. While they were working on their car, they decided when they were trying to decide what to do with their car, a foul sort of smell filled the air, and the baby began to cry fearsomely. And see, now I've been in the car when my dad's done that before, mm-hmm. so 
Uh, <laughs> a strange bright light filled the darkness, and the couple witnessed a 10-foot-tall creature hovering in front of their car. The, despic- or the description is similar to the original sightings, except the monster was not wearing uh, what is presumed to be the, the spade-shaped hood. Hmm, okay. Instead, its head was reportedly very reptilian and bony. The creature was dragging its lizard-like hands across the road, or across the hood of the car, before drifting away into the woods. As soon as the monster was out of sight, the car restarted and the couple sped away. They would later give their account to the Mail magazine in 1955. Man. So this is three... Oh, and listen to the behavior. It's kind of dragging its arms. It dragged its arms. It was kind of going haphazardly across the road. Yeah. Versus the first account. Where it was... It's missing a chunk of its armor, it seems like. And it's coming directly at... It's just going across the road. It wasn't... Okay. It doesn't seem like it was going for these guys. It oh, just happened... On this one. Yes. It yeah. happened to be in its path. I wonder if it was missing it or if it was just like its hood was down. That could be. And we'll, yeah, that's... We have all bunch to talk about the you know, appearance and stuff of this thing. Okay. Uh, so these three stories have became eerie folklore, creating a fascinating culture of small town around the county. Uh, an ice cream shop is called The Spot, open in Flatwoods, offering a photo op with a printed... Uh, resemblance of the monster. A museum depicted to the monster story uh, operates in the town of Sutton, a few miles south of Flatwoods. Uh, five huge chairs built and painted in the monster's, uh, monster's image have been uh, erected around the county. So you can go take pictures in the chairs oh, okay. with the monster. Like, it's just one of the things to do. It's uh, a tourist spot. Yeah. It's, this area has all kinds of crazy stuff. Although the monster has not been seen since the original incident in 1952, its impact to the rural community has been huge. Sometimes, if you stand outside at night, there you can almost feel it. Like the monster left a gift from the stars for us. And we just haven't quite figured it out yet. Oh, I like that. This article is written by Marilyn Hosey. Uh, Hosey is a paranormal enthusiast and a huge fan of the Flatwoods Monster. Marilyn is employed by the Flatwoods Monster Museum and is the author of the fantasy novel for young teens titled The Swift Ones. Um, yeah. So this locate uh, so just one more little tidbit before we start diving into stuff. Yeah, uh, the location where the sightings took place in 1952 is on private property. We do not advocate trespassing on the property. Instead, visit the museum in the monster chairs. Oh, okay. So yeah, they built these chairs for the monster all around the county. Right, so like you could for it sit, to sit in. Yeah, yeah. They they had fun. They have fun with it. Uh, so sounds a bit more fun than it chasing you. Yeah, and let's go back. So let's <laughs> let's let's now that we have all three of the stories. Okay. Um, the first one seems a craft of some kind crashes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This thing is either out of the craft, like the pa- the pilot. Or it is the craft. That could be. Some people suggested that it was what was falling. Mm. Or it is guarding the damaged craft. Oh, okay, yeah. Some people, which, yeah, I don't want to get into that yet. So that's what the first sighting. There's something behind it it seems to be protecting from these people. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, by the time the law enforcement got up there and just found the goo, that it seems like it had moved it. Or maybe okay. it's protecting the people from what's behind it. And that could be too. It could just be kind of a uh, a bouncer keeping everything separate. Like, like this yeah. is something. Yeah, this is something you can't mess with. Like you know, this is oh, oh. this is bad stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it can't talk to you, so it's just like okay, bye. Yeah. You know, go away. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I would do that. The next sighting, they don't have a very good look at it, 
but it kind of fits the similar description. It's the same night just earlier. Okay. And it seems that maybe it's, it was moving the craft or whatever it was still doing. Because they first the girls seen the light, and then they didn't see the light, and the thing was there. Mm, okay. So it seems to always be between the people in it. Mm. And then the last sighting, it was haphazardly moving across the road. It caused a car to turn off. It still had the same gaseous smell. Uh, and it dragged its claws across the hood. It seemed to be more reptilian, and it seemed to either be missing pieces or it's taken pieces off or it's hidden pieces of its armor. Yeah. Interesting. Because you would probably describe it as armor, right? It's its outer well, shell. Well, I have my own thought. Or is it like a carapace shell? So that people have explained all of them mm-hmm. that way, you know, one way or another. So paranormal explanations. It is a robotic guard of a downed craft. Okay. So this thing is just keep whatever the, the the creatures inside are fixing. This is the the bodyguard. Almost like uh, on that episode of Rick and Morty, the first season, I think, when uh, he leaves Summer in the car and he, he asks the car to protect keep, her. Sa- keep Summer safe. Yeah, it's like that sort of thing. Something like that, where it's just okay. We got to work on this outside. These people are crazy, so we want this robot to go outside and just keep everybody away while we're trying to fix this up. <laughs> And that's what he doing. It's he not, didn't. Because he didn't hurt anybody. Uh-uh. Just scared them off. And as soon as they probably backed away, you know, he didn't follow anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, another pursue, thing. Yeah. Right. Is this is a space suit for an alien. Mm-hmm. That whatever, you know, it just couldn't handle our atmospheric conditions. So this is what it's wearing to, to, uh, to keep it safe. Here, yeah. And that's why when this, the third time it was seen, it was missing its hood flap. That may be why it was acting so erratic mm-hmm. is because it was... It was suffering from something. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is this is a government robot slash experiment. All right. You got me. Yeah. That's what some people say. And yeah. So what do we think about those three before we move on? Well, one, I'll never rule out the government and their experiments and their technology because it's always way more than what we can even imagine, I assume, in my opinion. So that one's definite option for me. I'll put it out there. Um, I like to, they described it as being reptilian. That's kind of throws a little. And very bony. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So the first, the first sighting really screams to me some kind of guard mm-hmm. for the craft. Cause the kids yeah. never got to see the thing behind it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's waving its arms in the air. It's hissing. It's the noxious gas, which could just be a byproduct of its suit. I mean, Freon will mess, up, mess us up, and we can't even smell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, hmm. like you said, it's very similar, uh, the results to mustard gas. Hmm. You think that could be like a fuel? Or, or whatever they're breathing. They could have a pneumonia-rich atmosphere. <laughs> if, it is a, if it is, if that's what you want to look at it. And it okay. for them to breathe our air or whatever. It needs they a lot of ammonia. give off. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Ammonia is nasty for us. Right. But there are planets that we think could hold life that have an ammonia-based atmosphere. Well, we know life can really survive anywhere. It'll figure it out. Life Mm -hmm. will, you know. Life finds a way. Mm -hmm. Adaptations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Goldblum from mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. Ian Malcolm is the name of the character. There we go. Ian Malcolm. Life finds a way. Mm -hmm. I have that book somewhere. Justin's your Jurassic Park guru. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. But, uh. Must go faster than the Jeep. But so the first sighting definitely kind of, to me, says this is guarding whatever's behind it. Yeah, I could see. I, I could agree with that. Oh, and the cops. 
I don't want to get into all this so far, but the cops for the first sighting when they went up there said there was a large owl that the oh, kids had seen and that, it had scared them. That was their explanation. And group hysteria had taken hold. Well, in their defense, I wouldn't want to be investigating what was claimed. I would rather write it off as an owl so I don't have to be back up there looking around for this. Well, I, they went up there because they reported the goo. Okay. That strange motor oil-like substance. Mm-hmm. They thought it was some kind of oil. Yeah. And then turns out it wasn't. Yeah. And then the second sighting, it's so weird that first they see the lights, and then the light turns off, and then it's there. Yeah. Well, it could have been there before, but just, you know, like when you shine a light in your face, yeah, you can't see? Yeah, it could be on the other side of the lights, and Yeah, they couldn't see. Yeah, I get that. And it just is weird. It just is, the, the second that the craft is seen the creature's like okay i gotta I, scare know, them off yeah. so once again seems very bodyguardy is that the one where it kind of came came in as like a ball of light and then it was just all of a sudden this the thing fox was hunting light yeah okay yeah so it could have manifested itself what if it travels through like inner it turns into energy and travels and so people talk about it may be an interdimensional traveler and stuff like that the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is why it fall from the sky well, I mean, there's dimensions everywhere. Yeah, there's holes just, everywhere. If you think if you have that technology to open doors, yeah, you're a little closer to the ground. Maybe. So you don't have to. If you're that good, well, you, you could probably open them where you don't have to fall out of the upper atmosphere. Maybe the portals are easier to open in the lighter atmosphere. I don't know. Maybe it's a lot more energy. Up that's there. a hard hit. Well, I'm just saying, like, if it's like, flying up when there. When we get to the last sighting, he was not doing good. Okay, gotcha. So, or maybe they can only be on Earth for so long. That's like um, think about diving in the ocean. Davy Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, the yeah. octopus head guy. Yeah. yeah, he can be on land every what seven was years. it? Seven, I, ten years. You're applying ghost logic to. It's not even ghost. Lo- I'm just saying. I'm what saying, if they think can... of it like a diver? Well, what if this is a robot ghost? There you go. Like, what if they have a pact with Bigfoot oh that they gosh. can only. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, think of it like a diver. Explore all options. That they have X amount of time. Mm-hmm. They can to spend. stay down. Yeah. That, that's why I think he started to act. Well, so the last sighting, it affects electronics like we've seen. Like you said, Bat Squatch, Mothman also did that, mm-hmm. um, which is another West Virginia cryptid. A lot of cryptids seem to affect electronics. Sasquatch is reported to do it. You think that's an electromagnetic thing, though? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's mm-hmm. a, uh, if you want to go interdimensional route. I think it's a byproduct of maybe passing the portals. Okay, so it's got that residual yeah. like field around it where it's still putting off, I guess. Yeah. Almost like it's radioactive, but in a yeah, and that's, sense of... Yeah, in electromagnetic field. It gains electromagnetic field. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know if he's per- they're purposely producing it or not. I don't think so. I think it's just something that uh, hmm. they get really kind of like a magnetized... Defensive. I th- Oops, sorry, that's me. I think I just figured out something here. Oh. Uh, now, follow me along on this one. Okay. A lot of cryptids, you know, we talk about uh, cryptids, you know, getting taken by black helicopters in the middle mm-hmm. of the night and things like that. A lot of cryptids reported to messing with electronics. What if our government is tracking them, is capturing all these creatures and they're keeping them in cages and using their electromagnetic field to produce free energy devices? And they're keeping that away from people because, uh, you know, that will ruin our power grid and, you know, their control over us if we were to... I'm not sure you can actually harness electromagnetic fields for power. 
well, if you can turn off something, you might should be able to reverse engineer it to turn I mean, on something because you're disrupting the current. An Ant Man. Yeah. You're not caught. You're not creating a current. You know what? Don't railroad my. Or I'm just saying. Well, because in Ant Man, they use the power to go back in time. Emily uh-huh. coming in with the. Uh, the comments that have nothing to do with the conversation. They do, because <laughs> he's talking about them using their power. So he, yeah. they're using the power, like Pikachu, to ch- shut. Just up. like Pikachu. I mean, you hide things in plain sight. I mean, children's I'm just trying to cartoons. say, what if they're using it to try to test out other waters than just for power sources? Like, what if they're trying to get a time machine to go back in time, or, or other go, abilities they might have? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like an Ant Man, where they used the crap. What was it called? Um, I don't quantum. Know. It was the quantum defibrillator. Some I made that quantum. Anyways, thing. But what if they're using it for that quantum kind of entanglement? Purpose? Yes, sure. <laughs> to go it's in a real between thing. the supposedly the lines. No, between dimensions. And yeah. See, there's a lot of... Because like, maybe they're trying to go between dimensions, too, governmental-wise, just to see, like, the government's using them to go between dimensions. And then they figured... This, I think they figured this technology I'm out. <laughs> they figured this technology out, and then they built this robot that can do it, and this robot thing was, like, experimenting, and it crashed, and then we found it. Back onto the last sighting. It's and they realize it's causing more harm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not going to be on the next episode. Let's wrap this program up for no. another oh, come seventy on. You years. You know, Jane. I think the same. No. You got to explore these things. Anyways, if someone so with the you. last sighting, <laughs> it seems to be missing the hood. Correct. It seems to be having an actual fleshy arms, uh, and it seems to have a actual living head, as in. So, uh, uh, one of the kids in the first sighting described the eyes as porthole like. So they thought. So it's like a helmet. Yeah, they thought it was something in there. And this may be it missing the helmet and the hood. And that's why it's kind of acting haphazardly is it's, mm. for some reason, it's missing pieces. So maybe it's an old reptilian creature that's fused with, I don't know, cyborg technology. The Flatwoods Monster is in the new Fallout game or whatever the Fallout hmm. in Appalachia. Which one's that? I, I don't know. But I, I know what the Fallout games are. I've never yeah, played. They had the Snallygaster in that one too. Really? Ooh. Is there a crypt? Not to get off subject, but is there a cryptid like hunting game? Yes, hunting Bigfoot, hunting Yeti, hunting the Chupacabra, hunting Skinwalker. Oh, well, there you go. Questions answered. It's a one. It's all one game, but you hunt different cryptids different ways. I have to check that out. But yeah, so it seems I I go back and forth on this one a lot, of it being a living entity, and it being a robot, like. Both, it's a living entity, that... or and it could be a hybrid, or you know, a cyborg. Well, what are you saying exactly? That, that this is just a robot that people were seeing. This is not the real thing behind, you know, whatever is running the show. Okay, so it's an actual living thing. However, it has like a robot, I don't protector. Right, like there's whoever's in the craft. This is the robot guard. Okay, and then uh. Or, but this side makes it seem like it's a live thing in a suit. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like it's its own creature that's in the suit. I kind of more lean towards that. Could it be hard? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like it. I, I would rather accept that explanation that it's a biological thing with 
robot at least protection that makes mm-hmm. not to say it's impossible but or that makes more sense to me because it doesn't when I mean, you if it's a visitor from either another dimension or space right. if yes. it's gonna have a, it would make sense for it to have some kind of suit right i agree with that hmm. what do you think em i still think it's like using the suit to like stay alive so it's like a living thing inside the suit mm. yes okay mm-hmm. so let's go on to the Noxious gas. Mm. So, the two of the three sightings claimed that same kind of smell, uh, but the boys claimed to have, long, or they did have long term effects. They didn't claim they did. Go, I think one did go to the doctor, like have to go to the hospital for it. Mm. So it could be like exhaust fumes or something. It could be that, or um, you know, a lot of people that get close to UFOs get very sick. You think that's radioactivity? It could be that. It could be an actual gas. Radiation's a big one. Ga- like the gas itself mm-hmm. could just be. I mean, think about all the gases we have that are just dangerous to us. Right. That yeah. we use. That's just here all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And it just you know they may not think about because it it's not it's just a byproduct to them that you know it's like a machine for us producing uh, nitrogen. Right. It's yeah. not a big deal. We can breathe tons of nitrogen and not because our bodies don't take it in. Right. They don't even, we don't even notice. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you start pumping out ammonia in the air, that's an issue. Oh, yeah. Fast. And you know it. <laughs> uh, but the mustard gas-like symptoms, I don't think it was mustard gas because mustard gas is a lot more harmful. Mm-hmm. But some people use the mustard gas to point that this is actually government-made and that the robot has the thing, whatever it is, has the capability to, like, to release mustard gas yeah. to get people away from it. Yeah. Okay. I could That I could totally believe. Or maybe they're trying to use the gas to make it so people don't remember that they were there. Ooh, that too. Could just so be there are, there thing. are, yeah, there are things that uh, claim that they have gases that uh, knock people out and that erase memories and stuff like that. I don't think this is that. I think it seems to be the gas was a secondary thing. To ward you off? Like, I even, I just think it may have been producing it. Like, you were saying exhaust and stuff like that. Whatever they're producing, whatever they're doing is producing some kind of gas. But mustard gas fuses to water molecules. Okay. Oh, that's why it's so dangerous. Oh, yeah. Is that it grabs you. That's not good. Uh, so, this does not sound like mustard gas. Uh, the, the symptoms do, but mustard gas causes burning. Like, burns on you because it's ripping water. It's basically ripping the moisture out of you. You're 80%. What is it, 80% something water? Like that, yeah. yeah, something ridiculous. It's like literally that. removing the water from inside of you. What an awful thing to create. <laughs> and this is right after the World War II. Yeah. So when we were using a lot of mustard gas. World War II. Both sides were using a lot of mustard gas. What an awful moment in our history. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff changed. But they say that's why we started getting all these UFO visitors. Is because that was when we used, when we dropped the first nuke, that was an intergalactic sign that said we are we're stepping up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why did all these UFOs crash in the fifties, forties, and fifties? And why don't they crash anymore? And you know we talked about on one of the episodes radio waves that maybe that's just one example. It could be ten thousand different things. Mm-hmm. That at first they just weren't prepared for those when they got here, and then after you know after a couple incidents they're like okay we can fix. This. Some people though think that. They actually crash ships on purpose. I believe that to like get like they put their own cadavers in them and stuff like that to be like to make UFO hysteria or alien hysteria, basically. No. So what I was going with is that they do it to get you used to them without the first meeting. 
So oh, the gotcha. first time you're seeing them isn't the live one in front of you. Mm, you know, okay. we have some cadavers, and here's a little piece of our technology. So when we show up, you're oh, not terrified of us. I see what you're saying. Like the aliens are purposely yes. crashing them, yes. See, I, I believe most UFOs are probably government, whether it be ours or just the world in general, or the, whatever the world government that is going yeah, on nowadays. Some people say that they crashed them. Like uh, they created a man crash. I mean, some of them said uh, Roswell was actually a Russian crash that had deformed uh, kids in it. Gosh, oh my gosh! And the Russians are doing it to screw with us. Hmm. To say here we can crash this so far into your country. Yeah. And oh, man, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. <laughs> These are some things maybe one day we'll find out about. So here is a lot of the uh, possible explanations. Okay. I've got one in my head, too. Uh, a prank is the first one. Okay. Simple enough. That everybody's making it up. Or somebody dressed up as this thing and scared the hell out of everybody. Plausible, but not likely. Yeah. Owls. Right. Like the police said. Yeah. They never lie, so that you know, one's probably... So they said, like, I remember the one of the documentaries had the owl thing. And they're like, well, the owl was sitting in a tree branch, and it had these branches that look like arms coming from it. So the kids just seen the owl as the head and these branches. Mm -hmm. And they had to paint this so exact picture to make it look like the thing. Yeah. And then the group favorite, the Sandhill Crane. Oh, not wouldn't this for something else too? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Bat squatch. Yeah. Uh, the Mothman. Everything. Every cryptid gets the, the Sandhill sand Crane treatment. Uh, you got to. You got to lump it yeah. in there at some point. Yeah. And then a government cover up for okay. something they were doing. So some people think that the government lost a satellite or something like that, and that they basically put a guy out in a suit to scare everybody away. I mean, I won't put anything past them, but man. Because they would, at this time, they thought it was more reasonable. They just had people talk about aliens than actual government technology. Yeah, which I think is still the case today. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, you know, put Ted out in the suit and keep people away till we get the crash cleaned up. Yeah. Hmm. That, okay. Now I think we're on to something. All right. So now it's free-form discussion. I know the story, we kind of bolted through the story, but yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with that reptilian connection here for a okay. second. If anyone listening already knows, like, you know, the theory of reptilians, you know, living on Earth, running the world, it's a possibility. What if this is like, I don't know, one of those reptilian overlord creatures? Let's just use Jeff Bezos, for example. This was Jeff Bezos traveling the way he does in one of his secret ships that he's had forever. Because he has all the money in the world to do whatever. This is back in the 50s. He's been around that long. Has he? His, that being that inhabits Jeff Bezos. Oh, oh, oh. The reptilian being. Crashed in the 50s. I'll have to do some research maybe in that area. Maybe that's where Jeff Bezos was born. I doubt he is from West Virginia. You never know. Some hilljack from the, I don't know, the hills and the woods. He has too shiny of a head. Well, when you're uh, not a real human... Those things happen. He's from Albuquerque. New Mexico? Yeah. There you go. It Even more fits. suspicious. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. There's an underground tunnel from 
There's a lot of stuff in New Mexico. There is. Secret tunnel. Oh my gosh, I love that song. <laughs> so it's a reptilian like him that crashed, was using this suit. Now he's exposed, can't use the suit anymore, and have it another body or another mode of transportation. That's what it was. I can see it. My thing is, I kind of already said it. West Virginia, specifically, has tons of one-off cryptids. I was going to say sandhill cranes. It does have a lot of sandhill cranes. <laughs> uh, for being a rare bird in the state, they seem to pop up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. So we're getting ready for our Big Mothman episode. Mm-hmm. And doing that research, it seems to be that we want to look at interdimensional animals or creatures or beings that may not purposely be coming through. Mm-hmm. That in that area specifically in West Virginia may be a gateway or a doorway area, and these things are getting pushed through. That could be why it was not doing very well, it seemed. Right. Because he was not supposed to be here. It was not a planned thing. Like the Mothman, like we're going to talk about some stories that the uh, doesn't get shared a lot that make it seem more lost than anything. Hmm. Like this thing never hurt anybody. Uh, I'm specifically a Flatwoods monster. Right. Uh, and then it probably died in a ditch. Because uh, it seemed like it was the first time it was seen was really healthy and vig- vigorous. And then the last time it was seen, it was rough. Yeah. And that was only like a day. So I think he went down into one of those ravines and just laid down and that was it. I'd... Maybe cried himself into a puddle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think... Um, I just think it's funny, like, there's this creature, you know... <laughs> Is that a trash can in the ditch? Or just, um, I don't know, it has all these scary, like it could be this technology from the future <laughs> or something. Yeah, it died in a ditch. I think it's dead in the ditch. <laughs> it just fell over, died in the ditch. End of the story. Yeah, it, it, it ran out of the this inter- gas can. <laughs> this interstellar, interdimensional traveling See, I don't being. think it was purposely interdimensionally traveling. Right, but it did. I, I mean, yeah. It just has all this advanced technology. It gets pulled through the hole. And it died in a ditch. It's dead in the ditch. <laughs> Same thing that's what happened to the Mothman. No, he still in the Ohio River. No, he died. He ran to a building in Chicago and f- died. That was definitely a goose, but it's a fun story. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't know. It was big, whatever it was. It scared the heck out of me and Zach. We'll talk about that in our future mm-hmm. season finale. Uh, yes. Hmm. Um, but it seems that West Virginia is like when we talk about crossroads. That be having some kind of supernatural power, mm-hmm. and then water having some supernatural power. This yes. is not very close to the Ohio River when you look at West Virginia as a whole. Uh, but there could be an underground river source that feeds there's the a Ohio lot river. in the Appalachia. Yeah. So this seems to be Appalachians in general, but specifically West Virginia, like the Grafton monsters, also known as the Headless Horror. Hmm. And it's just the Headless Horror. Horror. Yes. Okay. Uh, with an H. Oh, gotcha. Yes, um, yes. It was just this hulking beast that walked on its knuckles and had no head. It was all gray and flat. Like, it didn't have any fur. Did it have any eyes, though? No. Nothing. It, it reported it does not have a head. Did you say, was it a blemmy? No. It could have been a blemmy. I, but anyway, so West Virginia has all these weird one-off things that pop up. Mm-hmm. And for just a little bit of time. Does um, seem portally, yeah, and like the Snallygaster, mm-hmm. uh, and just with these really weird things that don't fit. 
Or what if it had like a weird anomaly thing, like like uh, a mustache? There you go. No, what if it had like you know? Uh, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. Like either secondary causes from like a bombing or something, or with the TNT plant. Oh, don't what say, if, don't talk about that. That's no, don't talk, say anything else. That's why I've been dancing around it. Oh. <laughs> so some traumatic event maybe yes that yes in causing that's war. already on a paper somewhere in this room <laughs> okay <laughs> but then... good thought don't talk about it though because that's what we're kind of building up for the, the a wink mm, wink teaser but we have some of these cryptids that fit into our biological tree that we feel and we have some cryptids that don't yep yep and this is kind of cryptid slash alien slash visitor technology is the is the biggest thing that throws me off on this one is that so and that other thing is it's just hard because is it a drone some people think it's a alien drone mm. and they just go to explore and it accidentally got damaged mm-hmm. in transit mm-hmm. that that this alien group flings these drones out just to explore not to do anything nefarious or yeah. whatever it's just that's what we do Right, yeah, yeah. We fling, you know, probes and drones and go check rovers stuff out. out and exactly, you know, yeah. Shoot, yeah. I could to- I could see that being And that maybe it accidentally got damaged in trans you know, it's just stuck coming here. here. So that's why it was leaking and hissing and you know, all the noxious gas and why it wasn't acting right. And this was in the fifties. Yeah, right after all that World War Two and all that stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. What did we talk? Uh, Roswell was either 47 or 49. I think 47. Seven, I believe, yeah. And so this isn't the first thing to hit the planet, it seems. Right. With something in it. Yeah. And I I do kind of subscribe to if we are nuts and bolts aliens, if they have craft is what that means, mm-hmm. that when we started launching nukes, as a, we that was the, the intergalactic sign to be like, we're here. Right. Or okay. something. It's, it's just a sign or in or general. It got rid of our protection. Like, I can't remember. There was an old movie that was on Disney a long time ago that once a kid, like a kid actually sent out a, radio, a certain radio wave and that got rid of our dumb species protection. Ah. So now we're allowed to be visited. Almost like a treaty. Like developing worlds. Like yeah. they leave developing worlds alone until they get to X level. Yeah. And then they can start interfering because. That was a Disney movie? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Mm. See now that, especially Disney, they're they're hiding stuff in plain sight. They're sending you a message, but it's not clear what that message is. So I'm trying to figure this one out. But so I kind of I go back and forth. This is a robot, or this is the thing in the suit. Yeah. But what gets me is it does not seem to be doing well. Right. Yeah. So that's why I don't think it was fully intentional. Whatever it was doing, or it had an accident. Mm-hmm. Let's say it is an international traveler, and it did it on purpose. It may have had something wrong happen, wrong coming through. Something went like wrong. what we were saying. Like maybe its portal is open up in the upper atmosphere, and that's not good. No, not at all. Which was be on the ground, <laughs> and you open up three miles above. You Quite know. a drop. Yeah, that would be, that would you know like when you wake up in the middle of the night, you think you're falling. Mm-hmm. That would be it, but actually happening. What do you think, Em? Um? Sorry, I was trying to find whatever. I just don't stick it. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was waiting to see what you'd say. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> um, That's usually his response. Yeah. 
gonna mute your mic now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about that time. You should probably hit that button. Um, what if time? Hang on, you're gonna have to buckle up for this one. Oh gosh, time's constantly looping. You know, we we're replaying events that have already happened, but it's just a replay. Basically, we're just living through it again. What if each cycle of replay is like a different? I don't know. You know, there's multiple parallel universes. So what if this is from like a techno advanced portion of time on our world and a portal open then and then this is like a robot bodyguard from the future that's trying to deliver, I don't know, some dude's Amazon package and it gets ripped through and put into our timeline and crashes. And now it's like, well, I got to deliver my package, but these people are coming up probably trying to steal it, scare them off and stuff. That's what it is. It's an interdimensional Amazon delivery driver. Hmm. I got pulled through to our timeline. That's gonna be the title of the episode. <laughs> so if we don't, if we stick on this course that we're on, that's the future we're so that looking is, at. Some people think that aliens are us from the future. Mm-hmm. That they're coming back to study us because it's that data has been lost. Yeah. Um. Like like our uh, data going to the moon and back. It's just lost to time. It's not lost. No, that's what they say. It's no. lost to time. and That is the biggest misquote. Technology's gone. Can't find it. We talked about that with the pyramids, with the guy that says, no, we don't have any technology to do this right, right now. Yeah, because yeah, we don't move rocks that big. We could do this in six months if we had funding to do it. But all their data's gone from that? I mean... It's not. It's because that's... I don't want to get into it. But people have trimmed interviews to make it fit narratives. Well, because that's what the ancient aliens and stuff do. They ain't doing themselves any favor by no. no, NASA. Like I do agree with their acronym. Not a straight answer. Never a straight answer. Or not a space agency. No, they're a space agency. No, they lie. It's, there's no such thing as space. We've been over this. So then, where'd Flywood's monster come from? Here. Inner Earth. Inner Earth. A lower dimension or a lower realm. That uh, wasn't, oh, like in the Matrix, you know, like when those uh, squiddies that fly through? Remember you know what I'm talking about? So when they're in the Matrix, but they're not in the Matrix, they're in the real world flying that ship, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. And those squiddies, those little drones, you could say, that look like octopus or squids or whatever, that come flying through. Something like that. But like from a different future that's realm that's hopefully not like the Matrix. <laughs> hopefully. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm going to stick with my Amazon delivery driver from the future that got pulled in mm-hmm. our dimension and he's trying to protect his package because if if he doesn't protect it his owner is going to push that self-destruct button or remove his helmet and then he's going to die in a ditch the drone the drones are sentient enough to get your package point a to point b and protect it i'm going back and forth i still don't know if it's biological or not or maybe it's a mix and like, that's what some people think the greys are, is that they are... Uh, like an AI? Like they're a worker. Yeah. Uh, they're bio, you know, bioengineered. Mm-hmm. They're made, but they're partly biological and partly uh, machine. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't eat and stuff like that, because sometimes they've reported almost having no mouth, or if they open their mouth, they doesn't go anywhere. It's just there for aesthetics. That's strange. To but make you feel more comfortable that they it have... Makes sense. Like our belly buttons. Oh, like a opens up, there's goes nowhere. Mine goes somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I keep quarters there. 
That, that's a good spot dust for them. Dust bunnies. Mm-hmm. I, keep, I keep them. Yeah, it's true. I like the I dust know. bunnies. I'm an Audi, so I don't really have much space. Oh, I was an Audi, but no room that's what talk. happens when you grow a belly. Oh, <laughs> it grew around it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final thoughts. This is a quick episode, but... Is it? Yeah. Where we were we dragging to get to 50 minutes. I don't think we've been dragging. I think we've been getting in deep on this. We I go. think we were scraping back the layers and getting to the bottom of this iceberg. So final thoughts. I think I made it clear what I think. Alien robot-ish. Is that what you actually no, think? No, not alien. Well, I mean, I can't explain it. I do think it's probably something from a different dimension that's so here. But- if it's from a different dimension... Is it purposeful or not purposeful to be here? Hmm. I think it's not purposeful. You think accidental? Yeah, I'm going to say accidental as well, too. I'm going with some kind of probe, whether it's interdimensional or uh, extraterrestrial. Okay. They got damaged. Okay. And they could have biological parts. Yeah. You know, who's to say? We, we put our own scientific view on other... Let's say there's other advanced species... They may use biological science as a as their equipment, as a vessel yeah. to do things. Yeah, they may use you know biological components, like a slime mold or something. They they're seriously they think that they can use them to make circuitry, slime molds. Yeah. Okay. And huh, it's just something we haven't explored as a species yet. Right, because it's not profitable enough. Well, no, I think it's more ethical. Oh, okay. Because you get into when you start opening that door. Oh, you mean bio? Yeah. Uh, okay. You yes. Get weird. You know. You can oh. get weird fast. Oh, very. I think it's already. So that's why I think a lot of people happening. stay away from it. I think it's happening, but I it's think it's happening, but it's not like very suppressed. Yes, I agree. Because people are not ready for that. Because, like I said, they're they aren't use uh, slime molds. They think they can make circuitry with them. Train them to make circuitry. So they're self-replicating, self-repairing circuitry. See, stuff like that I think is amazing. But when you start mixing like human stuff into it, See, it's just. But then it's very once slippery. Once you open the door, yeah, then that that you, stuff's it slips. It starts coming. Yeah. So what if it's a creature or whatever they wherever it's from, interdimensional or extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. that just has biological components? That's why mm-hmm. some of it looks bony or fleshy, and the rest of it looks robotic. Right. Yeah. What if that's what dinosaurs were? Who knows. That's all I got to say for that one. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I'm going with, is it's a probe of some kind. I could see, I would would subscribe to that theory. You know, got in my head, had to pick. I could accept it. Any final thoughts, Sam? You getting tired? Yeah. Yeah. And we can only do about two episodes before she taps out. (laughs) All right. I think that's it. Yeah. I've been the mysterious Justin. I've been the fun-loving Jay. I've been Emily. Together we are Crips of the Corn. Uh, we love everything with this. Uh, right now we are currently looking for people to call in on Anchor and Spotify and leave a little voicemail for the ending of an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, let Jay mentioned that we have the Patreon. So if you like that kind of stuff, you know, that's one way to support us, keep us doing what we're doing. Um, find us on Facebook and all that fun stuff. You know, we always get, we're giving away all kinds of stuff on the Facebook page. Um, upcoming conferences we have the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. We have the Southwest Virginia Bigfoot and Friends, which is in Virginia, not West Virginia. Yes, we got Bigfoot and Friends in Michigan. No, Bigfoot and Bruce. That's what I meant. Yeah, like I just said, Bigfoot and Friends. I meant <laughs> all right, I think that's it for this episode. All right, guys.
You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.